0: Waveform Magazine is a free print publication that focuses on synthesizers and those who inhabit that world. Issue number 1 is due out in April 2019 and features interviews with Suzanne Chiani, Dave Smith, Folktech with articles written by DivKid, Abe from AI Synthesis and more. There are also plenty of gear reviews, music reviews, and a shop talk section where we get to know about those who run our beloved synth shops. Sign up for your free subscription at www.waveformmagazine.com and follow them on Instagram. PodModBods, welcome back. Happy New Year 2019. And uh, what a year 2018 was. Um, Sorry for the uh, missing episode. The holidays were crazy. I was going to try and do like a, a New Year's or like a 2018 in summation type thing. But I didn't because I was in a cabin in the woods for three nights with no cell service or Wi-Fi. And I highly recommend that. Of course, I did bring my synthesizer with me. But what one of the main things that I wanted to say in that episode that doesn't exist is um, how, how crazy 2018 was starting this podcast and then having all of you uh, join and uh, become pod mod bots and just the Seattle scene kind of uh, coalescing around what Bradley and Josh are doing with modular on the spot Seattle and, and modular nights and then of course patchworks which is kind of like our ground zero of our uh, our our whole scene getting together um yeah so just it's just been so cool to uh just meet all all of these new people and become friends like i've become friends with a couple people that i've traded modules with off of a facebook group and now we now we like hang out it's it's really strange but um it's really cool um and speaking of brad and josh i just want to say uh They are killing it. They're doing this thing called modular nights because it's it's wintertime here in Seattle. It's too cold and wet to to do uh, modular on the spot outside. So uh, they're doing a monthly show, and it's been packed every time. Um, And it's on a it's on a Saturday, and it starts at 5 p.m. and it's like it's packed. So so something's happening here, and it's really cool. And those two guys are working so hard to to create this this place that we all go and get to play and watch each other play and hang out. So. So thank you again, Bradley and Josh. You guys are awesome. Another highlight of 2018 was uh, aside, from, actually aside from marrying my lovely wife, Hannah, this was the biggest highlight of 2018, was uh, my trip to San Francisco with Ellison Wolf, who's starting Wave Magazine. Uh, we went down and we talked to Dave Smith in his office, uh, which was very crazy and awesome. And then we went across the street and got tacos with Taylor from Odulus and then played some pool and then ellison and i went to some kind of weird area outside of san francisco stayed in a not so great hotel and then we went to uh suzanne chiani's house and hung out and talked to her for like four hours and that was one of the coolest experiences of my entire life it was surreal it was it was just so cool and i'm going to talk way more about that when i release that episode that episode will be released uh not that soon because i want to release it at this at the same time as issue number one of waveform comes out because we kind of are using the same source material for our dave smith and Suzanne chiani interviews so sit tight that is coming i want to thank ellison for setting that whole thing up and, and getting me to go and uh yeah it was it was really really cool and speaking of ellison and waveform magazine um Go check out his interview with Darwin Gross on the Art Music Technology podcast that is already released, so when you're done listening to this, head over there and find out more about what this magazine is going to be all about. I want to take a minute to let you know about uh, some events coming up, one in Seattle. Now this is going to be it's a house party It's at the Woodshed, which is John Kammerer's house. Um, I played played one there this summer, it was really cool, and um, this Saturday... January twelfth, we'll have uh, David Paulwan, Dark Sparkler, Sprim, Sfrom aka Michael Votter, um me as myself, as my brother, and Donald Crunk. So, uh, pretty pretty cool lineup. They're all awesome people, um, and and John John's a very gracious host. So, if you want to go that, go to that show. Um, you can message John Kammerer, K-A-M-M-E-R-E-R, on Facebook um, for the details. Uh, don't want to give his address out on the air. Um, I'm sure you guys can understand that. Uh, so, yeah, you should go and, and check that out if you want to. You could also uh, get, in, get in touch with me personally if uh, on, on email if you can't find John on Facebook and you want to go. Um, just remember, it's somebody's home. So, uh, yeah. Be, be nice. Be polite. Another event I want to let you guys know about is the, uh, the CD release party for our guest today, who is Todd Barton. And uh, that CD release party will be uh, Sunday, January 13th from 6 to 9 p.m. at a Jailbreak in Portland, 910 Southeast Taylor, Portland, Oregon. Um, featuring guests, uh, or just one guest opening up, um, Mission Andre at 7 p.m. followed by Todd Barton at 7.45. Um, Yeah, so so Todd's releasing a CD, which is a solo bukla Music Easel music, uh, and that is on Blue Tapes. So, um, yeah, you guys should definitely check that out if you're in the Portland area, and if not, go check out Blue Tapes UK. on Instagram or online, and, and find a, a way to get that that album because uh, Todd Todd makes some pretty pretty great music. Um, speaking of which, he he was on the uh, he is on the Patch CV record, uh, which I also highly recommend. That is uh, that's a really great it's a beautiful record. The packaging's is beautiful, and it sounds great. And you have really awesome artists, um, a lot of which have been on the show, so that's pretty cool. Um, I actually just met Synthwitch at, uh, at the Modular On The Spot Modular Nights event last weekend. So that was cool. And hopefully going to talk to her soon. So something to look forward to. Um, I'm almost done rambling. We're going to get into this talk with Todd soon. But I just want to say thank you to all you Patreon subscribers. You guys are really, really helping out. Um, and I, I just appreciate it a whole lot. We're, we're getting close to where I can get some t-shirts. I'm working on a t-shirt design. Um, hopefully going to get some stickers. And... Uh, I'm also hoping to get uh, the Podmod Patch Challenge album released soon. It's just there's like 40 tracks now. Like I don't know if I should release it in chunks, like do like the first 10, you know, break it up into tens. I don't know. Um, If you have some suggestions, I'd like to hear it. Uh, But if you if you are a um, if you are a Patreon subscriber, I will uh, give you a download of that for free. And every time I release anything on Self-Centered Records, you will get a download code for it. So, and that's not even part of the tier. That's any tier. That's, uh, so just, so just sign up and you'll get all of that. So if you want to help out, go to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast. It would mean a whole heck of a lot to me. Real quick, while it's on my brain, the song you just heard under uh, my ramblings was from Uska, um, and that album is called Crash. The song is Forest Floor. Get it on Bandcamp, um, he is a Patreon subscriber. I love this track. And speaking of Patreon subscribers, um, one of the tiers is if you sign up, I'll give you a shout out. And I have a shout out to do this week. So Tim Tate, thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate all your help and support. Um, I hope I hope that uh, you continue to enjoy the show. Um, I'm 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 hope I think I might be getting a new job. You guys, by the way, which will be at night. Which will free up my days to give me more time to uh, to work on the podcast. Some of my 2019 resolutions f- for uh, podcast hosting is be a more attentive uh, patron Pat- Patreon person. I don't know how do you say that. Um, I just I just want to do more for my Patreon subscribers, um, and I want to make more content. I want to make videos, and I just want to I just want the show to be better. So. Fingers crossed, guys. Hopefully that's happening. Um, But Patreon is a good way to get me closer and closer to being a professional podcaster because that's a thing, right? Okay, it's not really a thing, but it does help. But aside from the shout-out, another tier in the Patreon world is a cool kid club induction. So I've got some cool kids to be inducted into the club. Harry Fuller, you are officially a cool kid and I don't know how it slipped by me but you've been cool for a long time and I'm so sorry that I haven't inducted you I don't know how that happened um I just put the app on my phone so I'm gonna be better I'm sorry um g75 jii75 uh you are cool you are a cool kid john cars you are officially a Podmod cool kid matthew steinwalks you are also officially a pod mod cool kid, and Pete Sandbach. You are, from now on, in perpetuity in this galaxy and all other galaxies that we have not yet discovered. You are a cool kid. Thank you. Thank you all. So um, let's get into this talk with Todd Barton um, right after uh, a demo or two. Alright, today's episode is brought to you by Livestock Electronics and Mystic Circuits. Um, and I'm going to show you how the Bang uh, from Livestock and the, the Anna from Mystic Circuits can play very well together. So, to start with, I'm going to uh, show you just what the Bang sounds like, droning away. And then I'm going to add uh, an envelope from Make Noise Contour and into the odd input of Bang. And then I'm going to add a maths output into the even input of Bang. So you'll hear it drone, and then you'll hear it change, and then you'll hear it change again. And uh, I'm setting that up as a reference to show you what Anna can do. But let's just check this out really quick first. So there's Contour. And now that's Contour and Mouse going into the Bang. Pretty cool. Now I'm going to bring the Anna from Mystic Circuits into the mix. This thing combines CV or audio um, and it has six different outputs. And those six different outputs I think all have different logic performed on them. Basically it takes two signals, combines them, and then gives you six unique outputs. So it's it's super, super useful and versatile. So I'm going to feed Anna those two uh, modulation. Uh, sources that you just heard from Maths and Contour and uh, and then I'm going to use four of the six outputs um, One of which is going to trigger a sequence that is going into bang and then the other three are going into the odd even and chunks inputs of the bang and then I'm going to cycle through all the different wave libraries of the bang oscillator so you'll hear these these changes uh, subtly happen and um, yeah, it's, it's super fun. And if you want to know more about the Mystic uh, Circuits Anna and how it actually works, because I, I really can't tell you, even though I've, it's been explained to me like three times, um, <laughs> you can listen to Eli's episodes. There's part one and two, and then we did a live one. So Eli from Mystic Circuits uh, will explain it all if you want to go back and listen to those episodes. Okay, so the sequencer is being fed from the uh, from Anna. And that's the mag out output from Anna into the odd input of the bang. Now the box output from Anna just was put into the even input of bang. And then I just put the VCA into the chunks input of uh, bang. And now I'm going to tour through all the wave banks of uh, the Bang Oscillator. So yeah, go check out Livestock Electronics and uh, Mystic Circuits to learn more about the Anna and the Bang. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you for joining me. Um, I am—I've uh, said this before, but I really, really mean it on this one. There's just no way we're going to be able to get through everything in our hour conversation, <laughs> and I'm <I've been laughs> having a hard time picking out um, what it is I should ask you about and what we should talk about. But I think to start from to start <laughs> off, I would like to just kind of get: When did you become a musician? How did that
1: happen, and then when did modular come into play? <laughs> okay, so back to the Paleolithic times. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, I think I was pretty aware I was a musician around the age of five. I was doodling around on piano, and by the time I was eight, had a really good music teacher in elementary school, and um, he actually taught us composition. Okay. I mean, that's very rare for somebody in... Uh, in the 1950s, mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, forever indebted to Charlie Pendleton, and um, yeah, I mean this—the the short story is had great music teachers throughout the public schools. Uh, was mainly playing trumpet at the time, switched over to recorder, or added the recorder like the the Renaissance Baroque. Mm -hmm. musical instrument, not the tape recorder. Uh Uh, Though I did have a tape recorder in high school, which I started doing field recordings, so it goes back that far. Um, You know, conservatory music, trumpet, jazz, classical, early music, playing Baroque trumpet. So just omnivorous when it came to music, also composing during all of this time, okay, uh, for very various groups, and then, yeah, how I got to electronic music. Um, Mid nineteen seventies, I was doing early music in Portland. Uh, met a fellow named Doug Leedy, and uh, we became good friends. He was getting into early music, having been doing a lot of stuff in electronic music for over a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in with, you know, uh, Ramon Sender and Morton Subotnick and Terry Riley and okay. Steve Reich and everybody at the San Francisco Tape Music Center uh, in the '60s, and um, he had also put in uh, Buchla electronic music studios, I believe, in Berlin and like Venezuela and also UCLA or UC U- USC, something like that. Okay. But, Had moved back to Portland and was getting into early music. And one day he loaned me his music easel, like 1976, Uh uh, that Don Buchla had given him. And um, I played on that for three days and went down the rabbit hole. (laughs) (laughs) And pretty much haven't looked back.
0: Yeah, and it's held your attention since then, which is, is a testament to how intriguing this instrument
1: is. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, the music easel is, I think, bottomless and endless. In fact, I had a uh, friend over today, Sean Julian, and uh, he was playing around on it. And a patch he's been working on, he was visiting from California. And wow, it's like, oh, and I haven't thought of that that's very very cool <laughs> and uh my uh, performance colleague Bruce Baird every saturday we get together and jam for a couple hours and every jam is so completely different um it yeah don designed an instrument to be an instrument uh-huh. and uh you know there's all these synaptic nooks and crannies that i'm still uh tracing and following down the sonic rabbit hole that's crazy because if you look if you look at an easel it as far as modular
0: systems it looks relatively small and compact i mean it is and Mm -hmm. to hear you say that you think it's bottomless after using it (laughs) since the 70s is is pretty remarkable i i've only just barely messed with uh my friend kyle's Uh, he was he was a guest on the show Mm -hmm. and that was the first one i'd really got to touch um but unfortunately, I haven't got to spend too much time with one. But I, it's
1: kind of on. It's on the bucket list for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, just to clarify, I mean, I was able to play with Doug Leedy's uh, music easel in the '70s, but I wasn't able to afford one, right. so I haven't <laughs> been playing playing an easel for that entire okay. time. It wasn't. Uh, you know, I've only had my easel since what nineteen uh, twenty, thirteen, something like that. Oh, okay. Five, six years. Okay. Yeah but yeah i play it every day so mhm yeah i and still find it endlessly intriguing
0: so were you messing with much uh modular stuff before that or in between just kind of it was was it was it that was there a huge gap
1: from the late 70s and uh, uh, uh no uh you know immediately i was trying to figure i couldn't afford a Buchla easel mm-hmm. cuz they were like insanely expensive for 19 19- uh, you know, 70s. Yeah. Uh, and, and for um, 2018.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. There you
1: go. Especially an original one. Yeah. Uh, in 2018. But uh, no, I just started hunting around and uh, found that uh, Serge Drepnin was in Haight-Ashbury in the San Francisco Bay Area in the late 70s. And uh, I you know, by asking around and going through the grapevine, people were saying, yeah, he's building the People's Synthesizer. And it <laughs> doesn't cost cost as much as a Buchla, but, you know, there's some, you know, there's a similar philosophy. It's it's different, but it's, you know, it's the closest thing you're going to get because Serge was actually at CalArts with Morton Sabotnik And, you know, so uh, he he was seeing the big uh, Buchla there at uh, CalArts. Californ- and uh, was starting to build, you know, since the students could afford. Mm-hmm. Um, so I um, contacted him and said, I want one, and, you know, and started hawking the house. And uh, <laughs> and in a, a year or so, uh, I got a three-panel uh, system from him that he and Daryl Johans- Johansson put together, and... Uh, yeah, so I immediately dug into that, and there weren't any manuals, so, you know, I spent days not getting much out of it, uh-huh. uh, but eight hours a day, eventually, stuff came, and, uh, you know, I learned experientially, and then uh, there was Alan Strange's uh, first edition of his book, which sort of helped, but, <laughs> you know, none of the modules were had similar names, so I didn't know what I was doing, Yeah, but I, I just kept patching until i started to create my own vocabulary and uh, that then allowed me to explore deeper
0: mm-hmm. i feel like that lack of a manual thing is something that is almost still per- like in within the world of modular and some companies are are really good at it but i feel like you can still pick some up and you know, it's you're kind of on your own. Um, there's not mm. a lot of documentation. It's still, it's still a wild frontier, which is exciting, but can be daunting and frustrating sometimes. But
1: yeah, well, I, you know, I mean, and Don Buchla was notorious for giving one-page manuals uh-huh. for his his modules, which are incredibly deep, mm-hmm. and they were basically just a description of everything that's on the faceplate, and it's like okay um and i can remember calling him up and <laughs> well can you give me any tips and there's this long pause and it's like no whatever you want to do <laughs> <laughs> it's like but i don't know what i want to do uh and so and i was talking you know with a friend that was saying you know he he purposely did short uh uh, very close to the vest manuals because he wanted people to explore these modules and show him something that he hadn't thought about. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, I really the, like that. The lack, yeah, the lack of manuals was intentional to make us all step up our game as far as curiosity and just fearlessness. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I feel like a lot of the stories you hear about, I mean, I mean he's, he's like a mythical... Uh, figure in the, the modular world, um, it seems like, and I feel like I, I kind of look, he reminds me of like a lot of like old Buddhist monk, uh, <laughs> stories, you know, like giving mm-hmm. kind of like ethereal answers or answering by not answering, but that's the ultimate answer. <laughs> once you figure out what he meant or something.
1: You know? Yeah. It's up to you to figure out what you mean. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and spe speaking of that, um, that kind of analogy. Uh, Something I wanted to ask you about was your uh, Zen uh, shakuhachi meditation music. And Hmm. if you could just, I just, I was wondering if, I imagine you have a meditation practice. And if so, did that come before doing the music? Did the music come out of being a practitioner of uh, Zen meditation or... I don't know. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm answering I'm answering the question before I know the answer now, but I would just like to know more <laughs> about that and if you have a daily practice.
1: Uh I do have a daily practice though it's uh transformed over the years. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, music of course came first because when I was in elementary school I was unaware of Zen. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I meant the actual meditation music
0: if you were like like contracted oh. or something or approached by someone to make meditation music
1: uh no no it just came out of my you know practice of okay of sitting zazen which is just sitting and basically observing your breath and mm-hmm. then watching your your mind go through all of its little twists and turns <laughs> and uh try to not judge it mm-hmm. uh, but uh, be with it um so yeah um my practice used to be a sitting practice uh, when I uh, was in Zendo's or, you know, went to Zendo's uh, weekly, daily uh, for a long time. Uh, but now it's a, it's a walking meditation. And I try okay. to walk every morning and especially in the forest. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, become a sonic meditation. I try to, it's, it's, deeply based on Pauline Oliveros' work, which is deep listening and trying to hear things at different uh, distances. I mean, from the wind passing through your ears to your own breathing to feeling your heart beat to, you know, whoa, how far is that bird away? And what's that rustling? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, oh, I just heard the traffic from, you know, four miles away on the freeway. And oh, I think there's a chopper in the air. Um, and just listening to all the different layers, time scales, and distance scales of sound. Okay. Uh, Is that, and and those, it, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that pretty... It, it, it's not necessarily as easy as you think. No, <laughs> you no, might absolutely, think, yeah. Um, <laughs> be, uh, but uh, when... You know when you can just be with those sounds, it's a way of being present, okay,
0: yeah, it seems like those are all just it sounds like a, a a really interesting system of just trying to to be in the the present moment, and that seems to be kind of the the underscoring goal i've I've been dabbling for five you know five or six years with exactly what you were talking about, just the sitting, watching the breath, and you know I'll have stints of doing it for, you know, a month every day, or maybe, you know, a few times a week. Um, and every time I do it, if I do it five days or more, I notice a, a huge benefit and I'm like, oh, I'm never not going to do this. And then it's the weirdest <laughs> thing. You miss one day and then a few months goes by and you're just like, why haven't I been doing that thing? And it's, I don't know. So I always, I'm always interested to talk to, to people who seem to have, have a daily practice and have maintained it I mean, even you may miss a day or two, but like, it's always, I still haven't found that. You know, it's something that I've been trying for, for five years.
1: Well, the the answer is just keep trying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
0: think, I forgot who said it, but it's, it's, uh, it's like the coming back is the, the remembering and coming back to it is, is almost like the, uh, it's not, I don't think the reward because it, it seems, I don't think that's like the type of language that would be used in it, but it's the remembering is kind of like the learning, the goal, you know, it's like, mm. I don't know, mm. but this mm-hmm. is a pot, this is a podcast about modular synthesis. So everybody's probably like, <laughs> all right, Tim, you should move on. But, <laughs> um, I'm also curious, uh, you've worked with a number of Seattle the- uh, theaters, um, and mm. being I'm in Seattle, I'm just kind of curious of like what kind of work you've done with just, uh, like you so you score live theater is that is that what
1: it uh-huh <laughs> yeah i mean it's been a long time since i've worked in seattle uh-huh. i did do intimans uh yeah, seattle rep uh uh and uh, oh yeah it's been so long so um <laughs> yeah uh what i did for 40 years at the oregon shakespeare festival mm-hmm. and at other theaters up and down the west coast and back east uh in the midwest was Compose incidental music for live stage drama, basically. Okay. Uh, So it's underscore. It's probably more akin to film score than it is to when we think of music and theater, we think of musicals. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I didn't do that. Uh, But, you know, I was able to basically bring my musical talents to the table along with all the other designers lighting design set design costume design um, and the director's vision of how to best tell the story the narrative and how to how music can underpin and hopefully propel that and not get in the way but Um, you know, be there subliminally sometimes. Sometimes it needs to be, you know, dramatic to make a jump shift in the narrative. Um, So there's all sorts of subtleties from, you know, anything from barely heard to in your face and the entire spectrum in between that Mm -hmm. uh, I just had a blast Exploring.
0: Yeah, that sounds I'm 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 fascinated and have dabbled a little bit in just your short film scoring But this this sounds like a whole different beast So was this something you said you work with the director and you were just kind of part of the whole production team Did you perform any of this music like during the live plays? Or was it more something that you would write and pre-record and then have it played?
1: Um, in the early years, particularly I did perform a live on stage because uh, there was actually just the outdoor stage uh-huh. at Shakespeare at the Shakespeare Festival, mm-hmm. um, mostly recorded or written for other musicians to perform live because at the Shakespeare Festival, you know we were like working on three or four plays at once, and there was no way I could perform in one and compose music for the other two, so it was like hiring musicians to perform my music in one record music in the studio and have it played back in another maybe a combination of both live musicians with some recorded beds. okay you know for another one. so it it was always different, always changing and I wrote you know three scores I wrote for the Chronos string quartet. Uh, I used Shasta Tycho for another one. I uh, used uh, Mid uh music ensembles orchestras, synthesizers, you name it, whatever combination, (laughs) you know, I could come up with. So
0: So. so were were there any that were, um, purely modular or?
1: Uh, not so much. Uh, you know, it was a matter of directors, uh, not, you know, uh, It wasn't in their vocabulary necessarily. (laughs) Kind of be a hard sell, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, the one show that actually used two chrono string quartets, it also had uh, layers and layers of Roland Jupiter 8, uh, layers of uh, Roland uh, MC-202, water phones, uh, prepared pianos and things like that. So I was always able to have have it in there but not a purely modular score yeah those
0: water phones are a trip i i'd never heard of one until like three years ago the first time i saw somebody mm. strike that thing it was it was pretty <laughs> tripped out so listener if you don't know what a water phone is you should go on youtube and check that out it's a pretty interesting instrument um yeah so um so are you still doing stuff with any any scoring in any capacity? still doing stuff in the Shakespeare Festival or
1: uh, no, I retired seven years ago okay uh, from that and just doing um, freely improvised abstract electronic music uh, in performance and you know making. Uh tracks that are going on albums or making my own albums.
0: So. Yeah, I just got the Patch yeah. C V vinyl uh I think I got mm. it yesterday and you have the opening track on there.
1: Um mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, well what a beautiful album. They did a great job and what great set of uh you know, performer composers on that.
0: Yeah, it's and it's yeah, it's the whole album's great. I haven't got to watch the uh the first episode of the, the documentary yet, but I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, so what is it about per Like, so as somebody who has experience like years of experience of composing in so many different capacities for so many different types of instruments and, and types of music, what is it about the, uh, like improv thing that is, Mm. is so appealing now?
1: Hmm. Uh, well, there's lots of things. I mean, one is uh, I don't have to answer to a director. <laughs> I don't have to follow a narrative. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of which I love doing, of course, but, uh, or I wouldn't have been at it for 40 years. But I'm loving having non-composing. You know, Improv is just composing in real time. As far as I see it, it's mm-hmm. bringing all the tools I've gathered over the decades together in that one moment, and um, there's risk involved mm-hmm. because I often start out uh, with a patch I call Pontilism, but it's a patch where when I touch a key pad on the easel, I have no idea what sounds going to come out. <laughs> And when I touch it a second time, I have no idea what that second sound's going to be. Uh-huh. Now, I can either tap it and make it a quick sound, or I can hold it and, and then use more body capacitance and shape the sound over time. Uh, and, you know, so it's, there's risk, and I, I like that. As opposed to knowing all the cues and having, you know, in a, in a play or a film, all the cues are locked. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's nothing locked about this, and um, I love, exp- you know, following the sound where it's going to take me that afternoon or evening, and uh, and it, you know, I'm a I'm a wind instrumentalist by uh, birth, I think, <laughs> 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 but uh what I try to bring to the electronics is a sense of breath and phrasing okay. and uh so that's uh also the easel is just so perfect for that, especially with its uh you know touch sensitive keyboard uh You can taper notes, feather them out until they're just barely audible, and either bring them back or let them fade out, and then tap on it and get a loud sound with a sharp attack. Uh, so the initial attacks uh, can be ever varied, which I find, you know, uh, especially early on, uh, what was really exciting, you know, we was using sequencers and things. But for the most part, the attack and decay envelope was the same. Mm-hmm. And coming from a, a wind background, that was... Uh, very different (laughs) it's exciting and adrenaline driving for for me for a while but uh i i really crave trying to sculpt the sound um and give it more breath
0: okay Uh, so there's a challenge aspect and kind of a, a freedom aspect all all wrapped up in that and um it doesn't help that you are are skilled and and kind of uh No, you know, you know, you know what you can do in in a certain situation. Um, do you have any, do you have any, like, I guess, uh, anything that you go to if maybe if something is
1: kind of going pear-shaped, do you're like, well, okay, I've got, (laughs) I've got this, this parachute I can throw (laughs) on? Uh, sure. I mean, there's, there's arrow, lots of arrows in the quiver Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, strategies and tactics, uh, that can be implemented. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting. It's the end of the year and I'm looking at the new year and, um, I'm realizing, especially in the last, I'd say, six months or so, I've realized I've created a very large, vast vocabulary, uh, that I can explore, I mean, any one syllable or word of that vocabulary can become a five-minute section, Uh and it's going to be different every time. But I realized I do have this sort of broad vocabulary so as i'm looking to the new year it's like well what if i jettison that (laughs) what's next what you know because yeah sure there's some parachutes um but i don't want to get too comfortable yeah Uh,
0: that seems to be kind of the spirit i've I've, I've noticed that to be the spirit or kind of the the philosophy a lot of people who are into modular and i think that's interesting it's kind of a um i don't know you could you could rest on a, a you know a blues guitar solo your whole life and mm-hmm. you know people still enjoy it but i don't know if there's something about this that that I, it's that risk and it's it's almost kind of like um keeping yourself honest or something i don't know what it is mm-hmm.
1: um well it's 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 you know back to the earlier conversation it's totally being in the present mm-hmm. and in the now and working with whatever in my case you know the instrument's responding back to me or it, 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 yeah. <laughs> it says some, something that it's like, wow, what's that language? And I don't have <laughs> a lot of time uh, to try to learn it. I just need to respond and reflect, you know, respond in the moment. Yeah. Uh, and uh, as opposed to judge it and react, it's trying to stay open to response value and time uh, and, and, and work with it. Mm-hmm. So I find that fascinating.
0: Yeah. It's, I, I've, I've kind of said since I got into it and I'm sure the listeners are tired of hearing me say it, but I do see a parallel between, um, patching and, and meditation. It's, I almost look, I've, I've said this a few times, but I look at it almost as like a, a mandala or something, you know, like mm. it's your colored mm-hmm. sand painting that you just blow away at the end. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> mm. Very
1: good. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: so it's funny. Also, you mentioned the vocabulary thing. Cause I know you've worked with Sarah Bell Reed and I had her on recently. Um, mm-hmm. and she says she's, she's kind of does a similar thing when she's actually like forming her own, vo- um, like making up like terms to, to actually uh, compose with and everything. So it's just like, mm-hmm. that's just such a cool new, maybe not new, but new to me and a kind of interesting way to think about things. Um, so if you jettison all those, are you going to do that with the intent of maybe trying to build it again or just kind of, or do you think that's something that would just happen again after,
1: after getting, yeah, check, check back with me in a year. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure. I'm just asking myself the question and I want to go down that road. Uh, I'm not sure. You know, it's got to be something new that I haven't thought of, so... Yeah, I feel like Uh, that would be
0: so tough to to get rid of stuff without maybe switching to a completely unfamiliar instrument or something. Um, I don't
1: know. Well, I I think it was Sun Ra and maybe even Anthony Braxton, or maybe he told the story. Uh, But it's, uh, you know, Sun Ra and, and living communally the challenge every morning to everybody in the house was wake up and play a sound on your instrument that you've never heard before. Mm-hmm. Now that is not easy. No. <laughs> but just, you know, it, it's like a Zen koan, mm-hmm. you know, a Zen puzzle. Mm-hmm. and But it's worth working on. Uh, so I think I'll be working on that myself (laughs)
0: yeah well i am i'm going to check in with you in a year because i want to see how that does turn out because uh i just i like i like that idea um because i i i kind of have my own version of that but not nearly as extreme but everyone if i if i have a few days in a row where i feel like i haven't patched anything that i like i rip everything out of my case and i Mm. just put it back together in a totally different way and that seems to kind of reset kind of just how i think about it or take some like i'm resting on this module a lot i always go Mm -hmm. to this one first i'm gonna pull that one out of the case for a week and, Mm and see what happens um and i just recently did that with probably the most success that i've had with that experiment i started making stuff that my wife was enjoying which is uh which is kind of <laughs> is <laughs> not super rare, but you know, she's like, "Oh, I've been really enjoying what you've been making lately." I'm like, "Oh, that's good, oh, cool, <laughs> <laughs> excellent, <laughs> sweet." So, yeah. um, so you you do you do Bukla lessons via Skype currently, right? Mm, or did yeah. you? Yeah. So no, I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: Boukla Serge Hordike, and you're a now.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I want, to, I want to put a pin in the Eurorack thing. I want to talk to you about that. But I'm also curious as somebody who uh, I, I, kinda, I was a TA, so I taught, I taught through college and in grad school a little bit. And I actually just applied to be an instructor at this electrical program where they had to, uh, I had to do a, uh, just a presentation on anything I wanted for five minutes as part of the interview. So, of course, I brought mm. my modular in there. And, uh, Mm -hmm. two out of three of them thought it was cool. And the third one looked very confused. And his only question Mm -hmm. was what is the practical application of that thing? (laughs) 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 Oh boy. But as somebody who is, is, I'm, I'm just kind of, I've enjoyed teaching and fascinated with teaching. Um, how, how has that experience been and, and what have you learned from being an instructor?
1: Uh, I continually learn from my clients and students. So, I mean, it's, you know, what I've, uh, I mean, it's encyclopedic what I've Uh probably learned. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, I mean, it's, for me, it's all about curiosity and and wanting to explore sound. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, students will come up with, you know, well, how's that work? Or what if I do this? And so if it's like, what if I do this? I go, let's do that. Yeah. And let's see where that takes us. So, um, you know, what I love about the Skype students is everybody's there because they want to be there. Mm -hmm. So there's you're already starting off uh, on that uh, level. And, uh, yeah, I I just... uh, uh, i'm sharing my discoveries and what i love is eventually they're sharing their discoveries with me mm-hmm. that's to me what teaching should be about it's eventually mutual discovering mutual curiosity mu- mutual wonder
0: yeah you know well that's yeah that sounds great so it's it's when you're gelling and you and you're teaching something that you're interested in it can be very fulfilling and i feel like if it's fulfilling for the instructor then that's just going to make the student just, they're going to benefit so much more from that. So um, yeah, it's really cool. I was wondering about your curriculum. Do you have, do you have kind of like a a one-on-one thing or do you tailor everything to each client individually?
1: I tailor everything to each client. I mean, I have a wide variety of uh, clients Mm -hmm. from rank, uh, you know, beginners that have just purchased like a a large Buchla system and have never done synthesis before, (laughs) which has been really great. And I mean, I applaud them for uh, uh, stepping into that new uh, world Mm -hmm. and uh, you know and and that's exciting because it's like, okay, we can break it down, and yeah, I mean, as far as one oh one, I mean, I have some tutorial you know courses out on Mac pro video mm-hmm. on the easel and on the Booklet two hundred e so those are you know where I actually sat down and and tried to unfold it as clearly and cleanly as I possibly could in like an hour and ten minutes um, so that's you know a good basic starting point, but yeah then other clients have had a lot of EuroRack experience, and they are coming to the Buchler, the Surge, or the Hordike, and it's slightly a different world. So um, they can use some of the tools they, you know, many of the tools they got in EuroRack, but it's a way uh, it's, uh, you know, unfolding a different paradigm, a different way of thinking, uh, and different way of connecting the synapse to get deeper into those three particular systems.
0: Okay. And are you currently taking on more students? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if the listener is interested, um, how should they go about contacting you?
1: Uh, they can go to my website, toddbarton.com. Uh, there's a tab that says, I think Hordike surge, Buchla tutorials or Skype lessons. And, um, you know, you can reach me through the contact info there. so just contact me through the website. and uh, away we go,
0: right on. that's uh, that sounds so cool. i've I've thought about that. I was like, well, maybe in fifteen years when I'm good enough, I could teach modular synthesis, but I'm just <laughs> a little too green on it right now. Um, so, so, when did you start messing about with uh, Eurorack? And I mean, i, I don't I don't want to ask you to compare yourrrac and and Buchla, but i guess i kind of do want to ask you oh sure <laughs> sure sure
1: sure yeah well i mean you know to don's credit uh don Buchla's credit you know the stuff mm. he was exploring in the 1960s and early 70s is um what's starting to infuse the the eurrrac uh, uh modules i mean going you know Make noise. Mm-hmm. The DPO. I mean, I think it even says homage to Buchla on the PC board or something, yeah. or Buchla two fifty nine. Which, you know, uh, people are paying homage to Don and using, um, you know, his brilliance. Uh, you know, especially like wave folding, and now people are making wave folders, and you know, and you know, make noise is a beautiful. Um, Homage to Surge and Buchla, but they're taking you know they're like a, a good actor. They're making it their own. Mm-hmm. They're bringing their you know Tony's bringing his own voice and vision mm-hmm. and uh, heart and soul to propelling you know new modules out there into the world. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, Iraq, you know, it's exploding it did explode. <laughs> or yeah. Something. There's there's just hundreds and hundreds of modules and it seems like there's a new one every day and it's it's fun to see everyone uh you know, coming up with ideas and manifesting them and mm-hmm. getting them out. Um yeah, I how did I get into Eurorec? I think it was actually um over uh year ago, like a year and a half ago, two years ago, um, I was going to be doing a uh, workshop and concert in Vienna, Mm -hmm. and uh, Bruno Liberta said, hey, and I was traveling without my instruments. Mm -hmm. Uh, I first did a um, a two-day workshop and concert in Rome, but they had an easel on the full 200E system, so... I I didn't feel comfortable carrying stuff yeah. so did that but then in Vienna it was going to be well we have surge but it's Eurorack and I thought hmm you know it's from random source mm-hmm. and so that's how I got into Eurorack basically as I ordered a bunch of uh, random source uh surge modules from Darren Wiener uh in Berlin who had built them and uh since I you know knew the surge it was and I heard that surge was actually helping uh Uh, Ralph uh, at uh, Random Source build the or you know not build them but uh, you know consult. Mm -hmm. So I thought well, and I you know fell in love with them basically. And so then you know, as everybody's probably your rack system, it tends to grow. (laughs) And so yeah, Uh, I went to more make noise uh, steady state fate uh, modules. Mm -hmm. What else do I have in there? Yeah, that that those seem to be the big, the the major ones that are in my, your rack system. Yeah,
0: I have quite a few make noise stuff as well. It's just they're, I mean, they they do what they do. They do so so well. I mean, mm-hmm. it's i have just have been impressed by everything they do. Um, I'm really surprised with how many manufacturers come out of portland alone though like you said there's just hundreds of new modules a day just just out of portland
1: (laughs) yeah yeah well i think i think uh uh you know people can correct me if i'm wrong but i think portland is per capita more uh modular builders designers and performers and then anywhere else it's sort of like portland and then next on the docket is berlin and then is barcelona so uh <laughs> those seem to be the the uh of uh the modular uh, world
0: hey let's talk about the angle grinder from schlappy engineering for a minute I'm not gonna to get too deep into it because it, there's a lot to talk about. But let's just let's just listen to it for a second. So here is the, uh, the grind output with no wave shaping. There are four wave shaping sliders. So now I'm just manually sliding those in and out. I'm bringing them back down so you can get a nice sine wave out of it. Now isn't that fun? But what's really fun is feeding it some CV. So there are four sliders, like I said, and each one has a CV input. So what I'm going to do is take um, a signal from maths and a signal from function and feed it into the Felix um, from Livestock Electronics. It is a uh, molt that is also an attenuator, attenuverter, and it's very, very uh, useful. So I'm going to slowly bring those, um, those, uh, those signals into uh, the first and the fourth wave shaper cv input check this out Okay, so I'm going to take the same patch, but this time I'm going to use the, uh, the signal that's controlling the speed of the sequence to go into the angle grinder grind input. And the grind input can be uh, fed audio or CV. And when you feed it CV, it uh, it interacts with uh, the wave shapers um, in a way that I can't fully explain because I'm not Eric Schlappy, but I will show you what it sounds like. And then I'm going to bring... Uh, I'm going to bring the mix of the DLD from 4MS up to give it a little bit more character. And then I'm going to take one of the sine outputs from the angle grinder and put it into channel 2 of the DLD. And you'll just hear this thing uh, just really come to life. And now I'm going to get a little experimental with it. I'm going to take the output of um, the, the DLD that has the sine wave going into it and feed that into the grind in section. And then I'm going to fade that in, and then once I fade that in, I'm going to take the grind and spin knob and slowly turn it from um, oscillate to filter and back. Um, oh yeah, I didn't mention this. This thing can be a filter as well. Um, but this is kind of a little bit more experimental use of, of the angle grinder. Enjoy. To learn more about the Angle Grinder, please go visit Schlappy Engineering on the internet, wherever you go to find your internet stuff. Well, then, I'm going to go to my uh, this website I've been using to generate random nouns. I thought I had it pulled up. Okay, here we go. Um, yeah, I used to pull it out of an envelope, but it was just <laughs> really loud and crinkly on the mic, and I was tired of editing that out. So... Um,
1: Ooh, this one's kind of fun Luxury living Wow, that's it? That Those are the two words? <laughs> that... Luxury living How interesting for me uh, Sure, well I guess we're going to get Some sort of uh, yummy uh, Ambient piece Sure, I'll do that <laughs> Fifteen minutes later how how
0: did uh, how how did that feel? Uh, well, it was fun. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, totally. I mean, it's <laughs> it's luxury living on the forbidden planet, but <laughs> there you have it. You didn't say where. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> it's a uh, Krell lug- luxury living. <laughs> uh, <it's>, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. So, um, yeah. So, I'm I'm always curious to to see how people feel. Like, Feel about the uh, the time limit after they've done the patch, you know, and, and and what what does that do to your brain when you're like when you put a time limit on it? Because usually that's not the case.
1: Yeah, except for me, it is the case. Yeah, you know, when you're when you're writing music cues, like you know, you get up and you write a bunch of music cues for a play. Yeah, uh, uh, it's always under a time. Things. So right, I, I do enjoy that, uh, you know, and some, sometimes it works better than others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I must say I'm having, you know, now that I've retired from the festival, one thing I like is being able to really stretch out and have oodles of time. So I have mm-hmm. gotten more used to <laughs> a sense of long time than uh, having to... Produce yeah. on demand.
0: Well, I feel like it kind of adds some something to go back to what we we're talking about earlier. It kind of adds a little bit of uh, of uh, some stakes to it. Yeah, know? totally. Well, you know,
1: I, it's it's definitely uh, you know ups the stakes, ups the risk factor. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and you know, I can say with all honesty, you know, out of this is I think you're my thirty sixth guest or so. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been one that I was, you know. Uh, that I didn't think was great. Like cool. I, f- I feel like everybody is has performed under pressure, and I know some people that were pretty reluctant to try it, and then afterwards they're like, "Oh, that was a lot of fun." So cool, yeah. yeah. And it's a good practice I've found. Um, Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I had subjected so many people to it and hadn't done it myself, you know, but <laughs> one time. And then I started realizing maybe I should, I should do this. And then I just, uh, I haven't done it in a few weeks, but I was trying to do one every week, um, do, you know, the, the challenge from the ep- each week's episode uh, just for practice. And um, also I've got like a Facebook group that's just for making oh, this cool. week's patch challenge. So yeah, we can the listeners go on. So I'm excited to see the uh, the listeners luxury living as well.
1: So uh, Yeah, 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 great. Well, yeah, I mean, and you know, when I was looking into film score music decades ago, I would just wake up and give myself an hour to write a 1 minute cue the standard stuff, you know, chase uh-huh. music and orchestrate it, you know. You got uh-huh. you got a minute And you have to orchestrate it and you have to, you know, mock it up Uh, uh, an hour to to get one minute of music is a heavy deadline, actually. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, and then do melancholy and then do love and, you know, just come up with all the stock standard things. It, It is good practice.
0: Yeah. Well, cool. I'm, um, I really appreciate you doing this and I'm looking forward to checking out your patch. And, um, is there anything you want to say, uh, in closing, anything you want to shout from the podcast mountaintops or? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's been a blast. Good to meet you and yeah, uh, have fun. Yeah. Keep right exploring. On. Yeah. Right on.
0: <laughs> is there, is there any websites or anything you want people to go to or? check Uh, out to get your stuff or
1: well toddbarton.com or Mm -hmm. um synth todd at on instagram
0: all right we're going to get right to todd's patch um he couldn't record it over skype where i could hear it so we ended up finishing our conversation and then he recorded it and sent it to me um so he uh he gave a little intro on the piece on how he made it and whatnot and uh yeah let's take a listen to that and then get into the patch
1: so tim that was a blast uh, as you know, my first thought was to use the easel, but that is a safe uh, haven for me. So instead, I chose to use the make noise tell harmonic, uh which I'm not really that familiar with. I haven't had it that long. Uh, then also the new timbral oscillator from random source surge, uh, random source smooth and step generator from surge. And finally, back to make noise uh, herb verb. And I took 11, 12 minutes to create the patch and then gave myself three minutes to perform what you're going to hear. So it's mainly turning knobs and wiggling dials.
0: was amazing um i want to thank todd for taking the time to have the chat with me it's not every day you get to talk to a synth legend so uh, pretty cool experience don't forget about his cd release party that's going to be sunday january 13th from 6 to 9 p.m at uh, jailbreak in portland that's nine ten southeast taylor uh, portland oregon mission andry will be opening up and uh thank you to our sponsors schlappy engineering mystic circuits and Livestock Electronics. And uh, don't forget to check out some AI Synthesis stuff and Recovery Effects. Um, they've, they've been really good friends of the show, and uh, we're going to get some new exciting stuff from both of them in the coming months. And uh, don't forget to check out waveformmagazine.com and, and sign up for your, uh, your subscription. It's free uh, if you're in the States, and uh, be on the lookout for uh, Issue 1 coming out in a few months. Until next week.